you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Guardian. Hello and welcome to episode 55 of In Orbit, Mash Show's Buttons podcast dedicated to Destiny and its community. Wherever you are and whenever you're listening to us, we thank you as always for making this a part of your Destiny experience. My name is Jorge. My name is David. And I'm Jordan. So make sure that you guys are checking out all the other podcasts available here on the Mash Shows Buttons Network at www.mashshowsbuttons.com. Get involved with us here at In Orbit by sending us questions at inorbitpodcasts at gmail.com. And also check us out on Twitter at inorbitpodcasts. So on today's show, McFarlane Toys does Destiny and it looks amazing. We're going to be talking about the upcoming 2.5.0.3. I had to. I'm sorry, guys. No, keep it up. I like it. The upcoming speculated patch based on notes that we've seen on the Destiny forums. We're going to be talking about the implemented Destiny hotfix (laughs) 2.5.0.2 and how it's we're reacting to it. And we're going to give one last look at people leaving and coming back versus people who stay. And we're going to take a look at perspective from both sides. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. As mentioned last week, uh, the Toy Fair 2017 came and went. And beyond the seven-inch toys of the Iron Banner Hunter, Vault of Glass Titan, and the King's Fall Warlock, which are retailing each for about $20, Lord Saladin gets his own 10-inch version that's veiny and throbby. Yes, I had. <laughs> Holy oh crap. Oh, my God, dude. And further wow. proves that he's black. Anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm obviously joking. It's too much. So anyway. he gets a 10-inch toy version complete with cape and Iron Lord axe that will retail for about $35. Hey, how big's the axe? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> So, in addition to these toys, um, the show's already off the rails. It's awesome. Keep going. You're doing well. In addition to the toys, McFarlane is also selling an item more for cosplay, which is a full-size replica, a 44-inch long, of the Iron Yalahorn. And per IGN, the tracking lens will be viewable. The front will come with an orange ring to prevent people from thinking it's a real rocket launcher. <laughs> yes, it's, because, because that, that, that is like the part that cracks me up the most. Oh, the, holy crap! He's got oh no, it's got an orange ring. It's cool. It's fake. It's like it's you, a it's a mother. You'd be surprised. It's a mother like, shooting rocket launcher, man. Of course, it's not real. Look at the thing. 
I, I I know, and it sounds silly, but you know that we live in an age where people Age of look Aquarius. at anything. <laughs> thing looks more like, like a, a battering ram than an actual rocket. Launcher. I know. It's like, come on, man. That is a fancy rocket, man. It's like if like, you can it, afford a it, rocket launcher that looks like that, you you should be allowed to just carry it around because that shit is fancy. You have to admit that if you were to roll into an airport with that on your shoulder or slung on your back case. like in like in games okay. but if you were to roll into an airport with a that on your back and it had an orange ring i'm not sure they're gonna like it anymore uh, <laughs> yeah it didn't, I, wasn't the story like when they were i think um i don't know was it e3 or what, this past year when uh bungie had the replica and they were yep. shipping it didn't they get stopped at like every airport because <laughs> they did <laughs> and a couple people posed with it oh my god yeah, <laughs> 150 so, bucks though. What? This thing better look fantastic. Did you did you see it? Did you see the images? I saw the images, but I mean, there's a difference between the images and what you see in real life. You know, like the toys. They, you know, it's like when you see a picture for like a new burger at a fast food joint. It looks amazing <laughs> in person, or excuse me, it looks amazing when you see it in the advertising and the pictures and shit. But you know that stuff's like made out of like clay or something. It's not real. And then you see it in person, it's like this sagging, sad lop of whatever you know, know, i don't think it's gonna be that bad person yeah i'm pretty sure it'll look fantastic for 150 about. bucks it better look fantastic i'm excited uh, i'm excited so uh, david i did hear i did hear what you said and i disagree that thing is it's just uh, it's so, sauce. so delicious the sauce is inside is weird but uh, i get it with anyway. spicy ranch instead of the avocado crap Ugh. it's delicious <sighs> dude go get it right now uh, PSA to all people listening, go get the naked chicken chalupa from Taco Bell. All right, in PSA. orbit podcast, five minute break. We're going to go get some food. Be, back, be right back. <laughs> After these messages, we'll be right back. All right, we're back. And let's go ahead and continue or finish up the conversation about the rock launcher, which got completely derailed at the orange ring. Um, so, in addition to that fancy <laughs> orange ring, to prove it, it's not a real rocket launcher. Uh, it has four sounds that you can press a little button. Um, it's going to be the rocket launch itself, the explosion, the wolf pack rounds, and the tracking noise when you're you're aiming on somebody. And the iron yellowhorn will retail for a hundred and fifty dollars. So I am not familiar with McFarland Toys making non figurines, so I don't know how that compares to other items that they've made, but. It seems kind of cool. Take a look at the images. Uh, We'll go ahead and put the links in the show notes um, for at least the Warlock Hunter and Titan. But if you do a search on Twitter or any other or even Google, you can pretty much see the image of the Iron Yalahorn displayed. And it looks really, really nice. But it will be plastic. It will be plastic. And it's not a real rocket launcher, and you'll still get destroyed by Homeland Security. If there's any question of that, the orange ring is there. (laughs) We're never going to let that orange ring go. Nope. Nope. All right. With that, let's go ahead and talk about the upcoming 2.5.0.3. I love saying that. I don't know why. Even though it doesn't have a name yet. I know, but it's still... We need to get like an auto-tune version of that. Like 2.5.0.3. <laughs> so 2.5.0.2 2. 
uh, came and went, and despite having controversial changes, which we'll talk about later, it came without any real bugs to almost all the guns and abilities, except for the health regeneration perks. So with the patch, a nerf came to the Hunter's Hungering Blade ability, and when they did that, it affected all other health regeneration perks on weapons and abilities that came with the same nerf. And the nerfs included the Red Death's Killing perk, the Suros Regime Suros Legacy perk, the Warlock Exotic Helmet, Apotheos, Apotheos's Veil, which is when you use your super, you automatically get your health back, Defender Titan Ward of Dawn cast, and the Exotic Arms No Backup Plans, Voidwalker Warlock Lifesteal ability, and the Embrace the Void perks, Titan Striker Transfusion, and Titan Sunbreaker Cauterize. Several of those perks are going to remain the same as they are now with a buff to the health regen amount. And several others will revert to their values back before uh, the changes to 2.5.0.2. And the ones that are going to change or <laughs> remain the same with the buff to the health regen are going to be Hungering Blade, Red Death, Lifesteal, Transfusion, removing the cooldown that it, it previously had and cauterize and also removing that cooldown that it previously had the ones that are going to be reverting back to how they were our suros regime but remember it's back to what it was before the patch not what it used to be the lifesteal perk on the warlocks i'm sorry i apologize uh the no backup plans ward of dawn apotheosis veil and embrace of void so lifesteal still remains with the plus 58%. So, I know you guys, when we first got the notes, you saw that and you were like, what happened? Why did you guys break the perks? So what do you guys think? We'll start off with Jordan. <laughs> what did you guys think of the nerf to the life regen perks? Bungie, bruh, what are you doing to me? Yeah, ah, man, I, I was... <laughs> I sort of shook my head, but I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't fully surprised that this happened. Um, I run Voidwalker and Voidwalker's life for me. I was a little upset about it and it definitely affects the way you play in the Crucible. That coupled with the, uh, I mean, it, is a, it ended up being a nerf in my mind, definitely a nerf um, to Blink. So running Voidwalker with Blink is not as fun as it used to be. Hopefully these changes with 2.5.0.3 end up being good um, and make it a little better. I know that's not going to affect Blink or anything, but um, yeah, I don't know. I guess like usual, I'm going to wait until uh, this new patch comes out and then play it and then, you know, uh, I'll see how it goes. <laughs> I don't want to speculate too much at this point because I'm still trying to uh, really absorb 2.5.0.2. So, um, you know, I, I'm glad that they're going to fix it hopefully soon. Uh, did, they didn't come out with a date for this yet, did they? They just... Nope, no, no date. No date. Okay. Yeah. No, it's good that they're going to address it hopefully quickly. And uh, I'm hoping that I can uh, keep running my Voidwalker and have fun. Um, interesting though, that the Ram was not listed. Uh, we'll see, but, uh, the Ram, 
I mean, that the extra armor you get from RAM is, I think that's why most people run it. I don't, I don't run RAM actually, because I like to run uh, the gauntlets, but I don't know. To, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's more fun with the gauntlets. I mean, I, I like to be fast to move around. I'm, I'm, I'm still a Mita player, even with the new meta, which we can talk about in a bit. So yeah, I don't know, but uh, hopefully they fix this soon. Hopefully everything's good. I'm glad this was, even though this was a pretty big mistake, you know, with all these perks affected throughout the different classes and uh, weapons, you know, it's one thing I think they can fix pretty easily. So hopefully we'll see this fixed soon. So, David, what do you think? Uh, well, talking about some of the things you mentioned, I don't think the RAM is listed because doesn't that the RAM just provides the perk that um, is being fixed. Isn't that what it is? Yeah, so in, in case anybody who's listening doesn't know exactly what the armor is, it's the, the Warlock helmet gives you increased armor, and anytime you melee something, whether you have uh, the melee charge or not, it'll trigger lifesteal whenever you hit something. Yeah, so I think they just didn't list it because they branched it under the lifesteal thing. Um I also want to touch real quick because you mentioned it on Blink about the nerf. Like, I totally agree. I don't know why they did it. Uh, well, let me, I don't mean to interrupt, but let's, let's focus on just the, the, the life um, regeneration perks right now. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on Blink later. I'm going to forget, man, but okay. I'll try to remember. Um, I'll bring it back up. Don't you worry. Um, so with regards to all the health perks, yeah, when, when I first saw it, I was very confused as to why they just didn't, back out the lifesteal or like any of the life affecting perks changes at that time and then fix it at a later date uh it was really weird to me that they were like yeah we're gonna introduce this change that we know is breaking like 13 other things even though we could just not implement this one change even if they had to delay the update by a few days people would understand people would be like oh like you're gonna break a ton of stuff yeah we don't want that to happen so like let's not implement it right now um it it was a very weird decision to me for them to do it part of why i think they did it is because of what's coming up i think they were like oh well we are affecting hungering blade so maybe since we're breaking all these others let's just see if the community likes these changes or thinks these changes are good for certain things which they kind of have um originally people saw problems with things like cauterize um not getting nerfed when hungering blade was so they're taking this as a as an advantage to do that i'm okay with that uh it is like i said it was weird to me that they did it in the first place now that they're coming back and doing the changes i'm okay with it my only thing is i worry that this patch won't come out for a few months because you know that's the pace they kind of seem to be working at lately i think that this patch is actually not going to take that long in fact, I would not be surprised if within this week or the following week they implement the changes to those. Um, what it says to me is this, that they... they. I have no proof. This is, again, just a, a theory, so don't take this as gospel. But this is my theory. When they were designing Destiny back in the day, they designed it, obviously, for PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. Because of that, you can't overload the system with all these different changes. And what I mean by that is you can't have every single gun loaded in at the same time. It takes 
some loading time to bring in certain weapons or whatever. Um, and that's the same thing with perks. So in order to minimize the amount of things that you have to load with regards to perks, which, I mean, think of all the different possibilities that you have when you select different branching trees or different grenades or whatever. That's animation that you have to generate. That's different if-then sequences that you have to generate. There's a whole bunch of stuff there. My theory is that with regards to the regeneration perk or the regeneration ability, that they made it so instead of instead of each one of them instead of each ability have its having its own if you kill something with hungering blade you get health back they made it so okay this is regen perk based on kill you get 0.5 or whatever the the value is regeneration and they made it across the board and then all they did was they changed the value of well percentage or or time or whatever so it's a it's a little bit of an ingenious work and that's just my theory i don't have the code in front of me so obviously i cannot confirm or deny this but the problem was that rather than making a specific change to a specific class they because they made the change on the perk itself that affected everything and that's it, it, i i just think that because of the limitations of the old system we're starting to see or, or we are, have been seeing i should say all these terrible and destructive changes to perks or whatever whenever bungie makes an update that's why as soon as i saw the update I was, uh, that there was an update coming i was like okay what game breaking bug are we going to find and unfortunately for the Warlock um, Voidwalker for PvE, which used to be a very good ability set to have for Wrath of the Machine because you throw a, a scatter grenade, you kill a whole bunch of mobs. That's not quite the option now. So this it, it broke PvE in an attempt to fix PvP. Um, with regards to the changes, I actually like a lot of the changes. I'm glad that they buffed the health regen amount. It always, it you know what always annoyed me about Red Death and Soros regime, the fact that Red Death would always trigger life life charge no matter what, but Soros regime it was a chance, and now that they made it so that Red Death you get the kill you get health regen, but not everything. Suros regime has a chance to regenerate everything. Red Death doesn't. That seems a little bit more fair with regards to those two um, two weapons. So they made they they gave incentive to using the Suros perk for a chance to get all of your life back. That I think was the right move. But I don't know. It, it, it's just more than anything. It's it, it it's telling that every time I see an update, the first thing I think of is. Well, what game-breaking bug did they unintentionally bring along with this update? Yeah, I agree. I definitely think they're always going to bring bugs. Like, that was very evident, or has always been very evident since the first few patches they did. And um, I I agree with your theory about them just using one perk and them all being linked in the code, and that's why this got messed up. The only thing I kind of disagree with you with is the Red Death and Suros thing. I always kind of thought that Red Death's thing was having that health regen. And I really liked that every time you got your health back because that was its its thing. It's exotic perk. 
versus Suros, where Suros has all these other things about it. It's got the customizability of perks and all this stuff now. And it, it, it really, I never even really thought about the healing thing as a main staple of Suros. So it, it's odd to me that Suros is the one that they're returning back and not Red Death because, I don't know, to me, Red Death was just the, the healing gun per se. And I feel like it should have stayed that way, especially for PvE purposes, because like you said, these updates always have a way of negatively affecting PvE um, in order to balance PvP, which is something that I'm very, very against and hate. And I understand that it's very difficult for them to balance them separately because of their code or whatever. But for, for going forward and Destiny 2 especially, they need to make it easier for themselves because this whole changing everything's PvE worth because of PvP is just getting obnoxious and has been getting worse and worse as destiny has gone on in its lifespan yeah i mean i'm not sure if you remember but year one like a, there was a lot of people that actually used that Suros health regen perk especially on crota uh, that was the big reason and then they they just took an axe that that perk to the point where because this was before they buffed pulse rifles and because of Red Death being a pulse rifle was really, really tough to get kills in PvE. Not to say it was impossible, but it was it was just really tough. And Red Death or Suros was that gun that people used to get their health back in that fight until they nerfed the perk to the ground, in which case Red Death was used begrudgingly. So Yeah, I, I get what you're saying there. It's just I don't know. To me, it was just my thought has been that Red Death thing is is health regen and Suros because they added the extra customability to it. They gave Suros that other exotic feel. They gave it um, like the niche gun. Like you get to choose how you want this gun to play. And that's what may makes it exotic to me now versus red death, which only has the lifesteal perk. Yeah. Only thing I would say about that is that customizability wasn't like that until they brought back Suros in year two. Right. Like year right. one, it was just a focus fire, glass half full health regen. That That's what it was. Those does no customizability. There were people that actually didn't upgrade their Suros because they didn't want the focus fire perk. Right. So. But what, what I was saying for that is Not, right now yeah. is that's all got Red Desk got and now it doesn't. Right. Yeah. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, so with regards to this hot fix that intended change or changes to the health, no mentions of artifacts coming with the patch yet. They are fixing them. Mm. Um, we already know about that. They, they've already stated they are hard on work. But this change to life regen perks, that drove the community salty. Oh, my goodness. Like, there's a lot of people. And I get the frustration. But the amount of salt coming because of this was wow. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was intense. I'm retaining so, I'm retaining water here. It's so salty. Oh my god! So David, why don't you go ahead and talk about the mash those buttons? <laughs> well, mash those buttons is your ultimate resource for video game commentary, reaction, and involvement by a variety of opinionated and informed gamers who love gaming of all kinds. Covering a large swath of gaming, we cover the latest news and information on the games you care about and always provide unfiltered commentary and fun. 
Check out all the killer podcasts available today on Masters Buttons Network at www.mastersbuttons.com. All right, so let's go back to 2.5.0.2 and actually give our thoughts on the actual changes that have been happening with regard to the Crucible and, well, more importantly, to the Sandbox, because there's a lot of things that happen to the Sandbox. Right. And initial thoughts were, okay, they wanted to bring other weapons up, but then as time went on, I don't know. I, I think that it that this change did more harm to PvE than PvP, and that I'm not enjoying. So do do we'll we want to and... start by just saying our three favorite and three least favorite things for each of us, and then kind of get yes. into a discussion? Yes. So David, go ahead. Since you brought it up, okay. Uh, so my favorite things, um, definitely the special ammo change actually leads leads my way. And I'll, I'll discuss that when we go into it a little further. Um, the primary use has gone up a ton would be my second favorite thing. And my third favorite thing would be that um, it seems to me like all types of guns, auto, pulse, scout, hand cannons are relevant. They're not necessarily all the best, but in playing PvP, they've all become relevant for at least the time time being till people decide they don't want to use something and something owns the meta. Um, they are all relevant, which is awesome to me. We haven't had that in a long time, so I'm super happy about that. My three least favorite things um, leading in the way was the health changes that um, we already discussed just because I feel like something like that, if it's caught before a patch is released, should never be put into the wild. Um, second favorite thing was uh, that they like you actually mentioned this had big effects on pve and i hate how that happens i really dislike any time a pvp balance has strong effects on pve and my third least favorite thing um i don't i didn't have like a big three third thing but i have been getting slightly annoyed with um how sidearms work not because i think they're overpowered or anything there's just something about the fact that you get um the special ammo every time that has kind of what led to a, a weird play style in my mind with the fact that everybody then wants to use sidearms because you have special ammo and it's almost giving everybody a, a little last word essentially and i don't know it's it's weird i don't know if they even need to fix it um, cause I think with time people will discover that you can use other things and still get plenty of special ammo, but right now it's just creating kind of a weird thing. So I kind of dislike that they didn't tweak anything about sidearms because they did so much to make special ammo not usable. All right, Jordan, uh, what are your top three and least three? Okay. So my top three Sort of similar to what David said, uh, as far as the things that I liked, uh, and this is in no particular order. So the special ammo changes, I think is great. And that ties into my second favorite thing that I'll list is that the primary weapon usage has gone up and I'll, I'll wrap that into the fact that, uh, primary weapons, like more of them seem relevant. Like I've, I've used my Hawk moon again and, uh, different types of pulse rifles, different archetypes are 
feeling good. I think this is awesome. And the gameplay has been more fun. Uh, I've gotten to experiment again more and feel like I can still be competitive in regular PvP play, just standard Crucible stuff. And um, I, as far as the third thing, I really liked. Um, there's a couple things out there that um, I, I could list. I'll just choose one of them. I think it's actually some, some of these uh, small changes to the subclasses uh, in specific. The one with the juggernaut cannot be activated midair. I think that's great because I I used to hate dealing with those guys. They'd jump in air and you, you, they'd have their shield and you, you know they'd just be flying at you and you can't do anything about it. And it's, now it's like you know you can defend against them more easily. Juggernaut still seems useful, but yeah, you know, that that was a good little change right there. So that's a small thing. There's a bunch of things I could list it. I'll just choose that one. Now things I didn't like. Um, God, I like I said before, I love me some Voidwalker. I love me some Voidwalker Blink. And I love me my lifesteal and all that good stuff. And I am pissed that they changed this stuff. Uh, the Blink. Oh, my God. I, I don't understand. Well, there was nothing OP about the Blink. And when I, I it was I was playing private matches last night and I was blinking. I used to blink up uh, onto like a balcony or something where another player would be. I'd blink into cover and I would see where he was after I landed and I'd be able to get myself in position juke and then take the other player out hopefully and now with the radar um being i don't know it's like two seconds one or two seconds but it's it's just enough that when i blink into cover the other guy can move i don't see him fast enough and then he can come around to the other side flank me and i'm like i'm I'm like i'm trying to aim where he was or close and then all of a sudden i realize he's like way off to my right or left and it's like oh it's just so annoying now it's like why does that happen it doesn't make sense we're a bunch of like Base guardians like why do we lose our radar <laughs> we blink it doesn't make sense <laughs> so that's that's just that's just me but i mean i, I think I hope, i'm thinking people feel the same based on some of the feedback i've gotten in game playing with others um another thing i don't like um i haven't really thought about there's a bunch of stuff i i, I sort of don't like but um i haven't really thought about it enough i was trying to be positive about this um, the life steals, or excuse me, all, all the other health regen stuff. You know, I guess that could be like a one and a number two because that, that's actually big. Obviously, the fact that they they affected all the subclasses that gain health back. I mean, that's huge. So I, I guess I'll count that as my number one and my number two. And as far as a number three, um, I mean, I think I'll list shotguns. And the reason I'm going to list shotguns is a thing I don't like about the 2.5.0.2 changes is because I was playing which that was one of the first things I tested just in game sort of more of an experience test not like a numbers test um I swear they're not changed like yeah I'm sure that the changes have been enacted I mean I, they are enacted the changes that they listed that's those are the changes they they seem to work they were they were um they were enacted correctly but I don't feel a change personally when I'm playing with my shotgun. Um, I'm doing the same thing and I'm still getting kills when I should. No, nothing feels different about shotguns. And so I'm sort of disappointed in that. Um, but at the same time, I didn't feel that they were OP. I felt like, you know, for the most part, shotguns were OK and that we just needed to make some other balance changes so that we could defend against them more easily. So... I mean, you know, I'm a little disappointed that nothing feels different, uh, but at the same time, it's like I'm sort of okay with it. So maybe, maybe that's it for me. I, 
I'm sure I'll come up with something more <laughs> later. But what about you, Jorge? So, I mean, for the most part, I think the the thing I'm I'm happiest about is there's just more primary gameplay. Um, I'm, I've you rarely see the 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 Titan Jugs running around the the fun police with their shotguns running out. So, I'm I'm glad for the for the special ammo changes. Um, but there's something tied to that that I'll bring up later. Um, I'm happy with what they did with the special ammo in terms of every 60 seconds it pops up. There's plenty of ammo to go around. And I mean, most, most of all, I'm just happy for a change to the sandbox just because it was getting stale. That being said, with regards to the sandbox itself, because they implemented all these changes, no matter what, people want their special weapons. People will find workarounds. That's what this. That, that, that's what it seems like this game is all about: finding the workaround so that you can use the weapon. And the the workarounds that are in place now are no land beyond, sidearms, invective. You want your shotgun? Most likely, you're going to be using invective. Why? Because you can regenerate your ammo. Oh, I'm sorry, and I forgot one big one: icebreaker. You want your sniper? You're either running Icebreaker or you're running No Land Beyond. I'd love to run Icebreaker, and, but it won't drop for me. Right, because you suck. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's terrible. I, I feel bad now. I'm sorry, David. That's no. it. Time out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and, and then just because people are so addicted to their special ammo... They're running around with sidearms. And I'm not I don't have a problem with sidearms per se. I think that they're they're actually pretty well balanced. I, I I think that they're exposing more and more other weapons. So I don't have a problem with sidearms. The the huge problem that I have with sidearms are you get so much ammo with them, and you get to hold on to that ammo. And it's the only class of special weapon that gets that perk. No other, outside of the regenerating ones, no other weapon or secondary gets that much love with regards to, to the perk. I don't mind if you spawn in with one. And, and the problem is we, they can't fix it. It's unfixable. You, you, there's no way for them to change it so that you only have... Because that's that's always been the thing about sidearms. That that was their perk was you always spawn in with a ma or one filled magazine and one reserve, so that you you are able to use it in a situation where let's say you're running low on on primary and you're surrounded, pull out your sidearm, pop a couple guys, and then you're able to go back into your fight. That's always been what a sidearm was supposed to be. And now people are leading with it as a primary weapon because I don't know why people love that up close, run in your face, get in your face gameplay. And you see a lot of these shotgun warriors or people that were shotgun warriors are like, I don't have my shotgun anymore. I have to run in with something. So I'm going to use a sidearm and you're seeing lots of trespasser gameplay, lots of wormwood. I saw tons of iron wreath, the people that held on to their iron wreaths. Those are actually, in my opinion, better than Wormwood. 
And there's just a lot of good gameplay going on with regards to sidearms because people love rushing in. The problem is that there's so much ammo, so much to the point that they just run the entire match with a sidearm. Yep. So I don't like that they overpowered the ammo economy towards certain guns because it doesn't feel balanced. Icebreaker, I, I don't I don't have a problem with No Land Beyond except for the fact that it doesn't flinch, which annoys me. I don't have a problem with Icebreaker being prevalent. I don't have a problem with Invective being prevalent. But because of the changes of special ammo economy, it's imp- there's, there's no way you can really balance it. Because of the changes of the special ammo economy and because people are so adamant about using special weapons, it's made it so that those are the only guns I see. I see Wormwood, I see Trespasser, I see Icebreaker, and I see No Land Beyond. That's all you will, or an invective. That's the only guns you see. And, and what was the problem that we had in the last meta? All you saw were clever dragons. All you saw were shotguns. Or you saw the combination clever dragon matador. That's what you saw. And I, I'm, I'm just afraid that we're going to get to a point where all we're going to see is icebreaker. All we're going to see is no land beyond. All we're going to see is wormwood. And, and that's, that's not a good start already because that's what I'm seeing. That's all I'm seeing. That in addition to those weapons, I'm seeing lots, and I mean lots, of the EOS Luna archetype of weapon. Oh, yeah. There's, if you have a palindrome, whale, or an EOS Luna, and it has a range perk on it, you got, hands down, the best primary right now for Crucible. Yeah, I have most a, maps. I have a palindrome with with like it's rangefinder with a rifled barrel, and I can't remember what the uh, the first tree perk is I use on it. But I mean, it's basically max you don't have range. To worry about that. Yeah, it doesn't matter it, because the thing can hit you from super far away. <laughs> it feels like cheating now a little bit, especially yeah. that first shot accuracy. That really feels good, and that makes hand cannons feel super crispy now. Um, I use my hawk moon a lot when I'm running around in uh, certain maps. I switch between my Mida and Hawkmoon, um, and then sometimes that Palindrome, uh, just, just to vary it up. Oh my God, those hand cannons in the right map, it's just not, it's not even fair. Yeah, the one... I mean, uh, go ahead, Hori. Go ahead, because I, I was going to go into something a little bit long. Okay, um, yeah, the one thing I've noticed with the hand cannons is... That's what she they said. Are, <laughs> <laughs> they, they are very good right now, and I'm okay with their, their, their first shot accuracy and everything. I don't think they're necessarily OP with how they work or with, with their like balance compared to other weapons necessarily. However, you run into this problem, which has always kind of been there with hand cannons, which is hand cannons in general, if you're good with them and you can land your shots, which is three shots to kill, will always have a quicker time to kill than the other weapons because it only takes three shots to kill, which is what I I talked about. I think it was last week. I talked about it with, auto rifles where they need to have a super high ideal time to kill so that their normal time to kill balances out with those other weapons. And mm-hmm. um, in playing with hand cannons over the past week or what, five days, I have noticed that um, the damage drop off is there a lot more than it used to be. But me and Jorge were talking about this last night. Um, I feel like the damage drop off is there decently well. He feels like it um is a little too long still and 
um, part of why I think it's okay is because you can see the difference, but it, it does. I understand where you were coming from last night when we were talking, where um, it, it does. Well, you can see the difference. You still are able to get those quick kills with three headshots or two headshots in a body. And in general, hand cannons have just become this, this anomaly in the game that is super hard to balance because of how fast they can kill combined with the fact that people love the feel of a hand cannon because it's one of the things about destiny that you just don't get anywhere else you don't really get that that powerful pistol feel where you're using it as a primary getting those big those three shot kills at decent range um other games just don't really have that and it it makes the destiny experiences part of what it what it is um they hand cannons have always been a big thing through Thorn, through Last Word, through Hawkmoon, and I like that they're back. I like that they're good, but um, it does kind of there is kind of a prelude to the fact that hand cannons will become what everybody is using the most, and that's not what I really want. Um, other guns are good. Scout rifles at range will beat hand cannons all day. Um, auto rifles, especially those with high impact with focus fire are great and can be used by people super effectively at those um, short to medium ranges. Pulse rifles are still really good. The high impacts I don't think are really that good, but people have been using the Hopscotch Pilgrim Archetype, which didn't even get a touch. And I've seen them doing very well with it in Crucible. Um, Hawk saw is decently prevalent, which I, I'm very happy about, but um, I am worried that we are going to a spot where it will become just mainly hand cannons that are being used yeah i mean the main thing i was i was talking about and since people weren't here for the conversation yesterday was and i and i should have elaborated a little bit more but i was i mean it was two in the morning and i was kind of half asleep so i think it's safe to say that most engagements in destiny are within 35 meters, 35 meters to in inwards because of how most people play the game. That's not to say everybody plays the game this way, but there's two things going on. People are conditioned to rush the opponent. And on top of that, the environments themselves lend themselves to close quarters engagement. So because you're in this 35 meters inwards range, that encourages more mid to low or yeah low uh, range weapons and hand cannons are just going to dominate they're going especially the 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 hawk moon archetype they're going to dominate that range because if you land your shots it is a three shot kill at 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 the at the, at the, at the at most engagements, if you have luck in the if you have a luck in the chamber perk, which usually not always, usually procs within the first two to three bullets, they're going to die very very quickly. It's a very quick time to kill. So, that being said, I I just feel that the other weapons weren't tuned enough, and I I, I find what's going to be happening is. You'll have these fringe players which will use the high impact auto rifles, but they're not going to be successful. And and what they did with high impact auto rifles just simply wasn't enough. So 
I kind of wanted to, I wanted to take a look at the weapons and see exactly what all of them were because there's a lot of changes that were done throughout the 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 patch. The biggest thing that I kept seeing was inaccuracy, in air accuracy increase, in air accuracy increase, except for shotguns. That's the only one that took a back seat. So I tested everything out. The first thing was with regards to the lowest impact hand cannon. So you got your water star and your thorn in this territory. Now I didn't use, um, I didn't use, I did use thorn, but it was difficult to use thorn to do the tests because while all hand cannons across the board got that buff, I still found thorn. And I, I had a recorded video, I'll upload it to the, to the In Orbit podcast uh, Twitter account. I still found Thorn, even with the reticle right on the head, at different ranges. It just would not, it would either register as a body shot or completely miss. And I, and I did tests at the 15 meter range, the 30 meter range, the 40 meter range, and the 50 meter range. The second you get past 30 meter range with Thorn, and you don't have the send it perk activated, let's say that you have the perfect balance perk, which by the way, the uh, balance is now a more important stat. I don't know if that if that was something that was mentioned in the in the patch notes or they or they discussed it, but that that balance perk is more of an uh, a, a, of an importance now for hand cannons. So at 15 meters, so that we can kind of illustrate what's going on with regards to the damage drop off. At a 15 meter range, your lowest impact hand cannon is going to be doing 79 to the head. The second you get to 30 meters, it drops down to 65. You get to 40, it drops down to 36, and you get to 50, it's doing 27. This, these are all critical hits. And when I was doing the test in air, I just found that a lot of my shots would just, they would hit. So for the most part, in-air accuracy for hand cannons, I had about an 80 to 90% success rate. So I thought that, you know what? They did a pretty good job there. Uh, the middle impact ones, these are your, the Hawk Moons, the Imago Loops, all that, which uh, I found that the legendaries actually worked better than Hawk Moon. I, I, there's still something about Hawk Moon that doesn't feel right with regards to shots landing. I still feel that that ghost bullets with regards to Hawkmoon that I don't feel with legendaries that have a range perk. I think Hawkmoon don't know what Hawkmoon has an has a very unique rhythm to it. You have to you have to play with it a lot, and I think I'd benefit from playing with Hawkmoon a lot uh, in year one. So I know that rhythm. I know that I know that cadence that you have to be at. It's different. It's it's very unique. I don't know how else to explain it, but that may be attributing to some of the you know ghost bullets that it misses that you're seeing. It, if you don't hit that cadence perfectly, yeah, it, it definitely misses. Um, and palindrome, whale um, are the two that I've been using um, recently. They, they they have it. It seems like you can fire them a little quicker. Yeah. Um, so with regards to the Imago loop, palindrome, whatever archetype, you're doing eighty six to the head in 15 meters it drops down to 75 the second you get to 30 meters it goes to 42 when you're at 40 and then 29 when you get to 50. the thing was that 
I was still pretty accurate as long as I had a range perk. If you don't have the and and that's that's the unfortunate thing about these these hand cannons. Um, if you don't have that range perk, it's not going to reliably hit, and that's um that's an unfortunate unfortunate problem. I just uh, I I think that the range perk should be more than I can hit something. The the range perk should be more tied into damage drop off than than I can hit you. That's that I never understood that, and and that's always bugged me. So then the final um, archetype, the lingering song, you're doing 95 to the head reliably, 82 at 30 meters, 48 at 40 meters, and 32 at 50. So if you're running a sniper hand cannon combination, you're going to reliably kill with that lingering song at a very long distance. But I just, I still think that that type of archetype is not in a good spot. It just, it, I think that they need to do something with regards to those highest impact hand cannons because they just, I, I, I don't find any situation just looking at primaries by themselves that I would use a highest impact hand cannon. I, I can see it as a support weapon with quick draw, but I, I don't see it as a primary weapon. That's a problem. They're too yeah. slow. Well, they're good in PVE. Like the first mm-hmm. curse is actually very, very good in PVE. It's devastating in PVE. Yeah. That thing is ridiculous. It's very good. But the thing about PVP is it still takes three shots to kill. So there's no point in using it over a archetype below it, which takes three shots to kill, um, which is something we've kind of discussed before with this whole like different rates of fire need different time to kill thing. The only thing I would I would say is maybe maybe they need to make it so it's two shots to kill and then slow down the fire rate even a little bit more. But then at that point, I don't think people would even want to use it if it had an even slower fire rate besides people who are extremely skilled with it and know they'll hit two headshots every single time. Um, I mean, if you get so one one thing that um, people actually hunt for and I have um, one of that's very good is if you get a uh, oh, shoot. Why can't I think of the name of the hand cannon? The blue one from Crucible. Ill will. It. Ill, Ill will. Yes. An ill will, or people have done it with lingering song that gets its um, that its perks for um, stability and range get its clip down to four or five bullets. Sometimes people with even have it with three chamber. with luck in the chamber, and then oh, you yeah. know you'll essentially get a two shot kill. People do that, and that's that's a good way to use it. And if you're skilled with hand cannons and have hand cannon reloads on your gloves, you can do work with that. It just makes versing multiple people at once hard but yeah it's it's a very weird archetype to balance and play with they didn't really touch it that much besides the initial accuracy maybe they will in the future i don't know it's a it's a weird archetype yeah Yeah. i you know you mentioned possibly increasing or excuse me decreasing the fire rate so it's a little slower but it has more damage so you can get two shot kills if you're getting two headshots i don't know that i don't think that would make the guns more usable because the problem I have with those uh, hand cannons is that yeah, currently it still takes three shots to kill. It's very slow. The time to kill thusly is very slow or slow ish. And 
it increases the chance that another player is going to come along and clean you up after you kill the person. So it's like, I almost never find a good situation with those slower rate of fire hand cannons with high impact where I can get two kills. You always end up battling it out, taking damage from the first guy, you get him down and then someone else, you know, pops you in the head and you're dead. So that's the thing that annoys me with those. It's not that I can't kill someone with it. It's that I can't get two kills in a row or kill, recover, and and then go to the next battle because you spend too much time typically trying to kill that first person, especially in the 6v6 game mode. So I, I've abandoned those hand cannons a long time ago where when the ill will first came out, I actually sort of liked it. I, I had one of those luck in the chamber uh, ill wills with the uh, low mag. So I was procking the luck in the chamber and it was I was getting kills, but it was still sort of slow uh, it was it was slow when it didn't proc and I would just I would be trading it feel like I was trading kills all the time so I was like nah I can't do this anymore yeah you- yeah I mean for me I think that the best way to balance that gun out I honestly believe they kind of need to do a multiplier when you're 15 meters so that you what I mean by that is this like that gun has always been risk reward so if I'm going to be using that type of gun within within 15 meters, I would like it to be able to two-shot kill because you are very clearly way in the range. Like the, the, something, the, the biggest problem, and, and I was going to jump into them next, the biggest problem that, that that type of archetype has is the same thing that happens with, with auto rifles. Why would I use an auto rifle at up close range when I'm going to get outgunned by an EOS Luna? Like in order to be able to properly use an auto rifle, you have to be in that 15 to 30 meter range. In fact, let me just go through them real quick. Like the lowest impact, this is your doctrine of passing, doing 15 to the head per bullet, 14 at 30. 20, uh, I'm sorry, 12 damage to the head at 40 and then 10 damage to the head at 50. So at a range, and, and it was very hard to get those hits at, at 50 and 40. So at a range, you're at a complete disadvantage with that archetype. You have to be up close. And even then, you have to land all your shots. And even then, you're most likely going to still lose that that battle against somebody with a different type of weapon. Um, Your middle impact, these are like your extremophile your Continental, the Monte Carlo. This is the mid-impact one. That, that, that's a weird thing about my tests is that it feels like they were the best auto rifle. They feel all good. The buff happened, they feel real good. All, yeah, all the buff happened to the highest impact. And I'm not talking about the, the head multiplier, but it seems like with the head multiplier, it buffed it up to the correct level. So the that archetype, the Monte Carlo archetype, 21 to the head at, at 15, 19 to the head at 30, 17 to the head at 40, 15 to the head at, ooh, excuse me, 50. And then you have your highest impact ones. And this is not taking into account the focus fire perk. I removed the focus fire perk from this because it changes the, the, the values drastically. So the highest impact ones, that, that's your Suros regime without focus fire perk on. Does 26 to the head at 15, 23 to the head at um, 
I'm sorry, 26 at the head at 30, 40 is 23, and then 22 at 50. So it's still doing reliable damage. The problem is, if you're at 50, which is kind of the range you have to be at with these guns, with a focus, and, and you should really have a focus fire perk on, on that archetype, you're kind of defeating the purpose of using an auto rifle. With focus fire, just it'll do 37 at optimal range. Um, mm-hmm. The one thing I've found through using auto rifles, um, first off, um, I think the inaccuracy improvement they got is the best thing that happened to them because in playing with them, I was being very agile and jumping around and shooting and stuff. And I found that they're best when you're actually on top of people and you're jumping around them, essentially spraying them down, which seems like it wouldn't take a lot of skill, but it's it's kind of hard to consistently land those, especially if you're using focus fire, jumping up, aiming in, shooting, jumping around again, aiming again. Um, but that kind of seemed like their best play style for me. And I was having no problem. I was I was walking out of games with four or five KDs consistently using those auto rifles because I think they that the buff actually was enough contrary to what you said. I thought that um, they feel really good, um, especially the high impact focus fire auto rifles. And um, I understand what you're saying with hand cannons, because I mentioned it too. hand cannons have that better ideal time to kill, um, especially for up close. But I feel that auto rifles did get what they needed. And when you're using them, uh, effectively in game, um, it kind of goes contrary to the numbers, which seems like they aren't high enough. But uh, the way they work, I feel like auto rifles are in a good place at this moment. Yeah, I agree with the auto rifles. They, <laughs> I used Suros, uh, was my first auto rifle in game test where I was just playing with it in a regular 6v6 clash, I think. And I think I walked out with like a 3.7 something KD from the first game, which that doesn't, that shouldn't have happened. <laughs> Because I sort of suck at auto rifles because I'm a a scout rifle user and and my second best would be hand cannons. I like those single fire shots. I like I like playing to the cadence of the weapon and being methodical and auto rifles are not methodical. But Suros with focus fire, you know, that sort of is like a meld between the two. And I I was so happy with the way that thing felt. Uh, I'd used it back in the day when it was strong. And I just remember it sort of gave me like a little bit of a of a memory trip you know um it was it's not like the the beast it was but it's usable and monte carlo that gun is awesome now um i was really surprised it's not going to be like the king of the crucible or anything but yeah david you were playing that one day and i wasn't playing with you i was just like watching you while you were streaming and i was like use monte carlo and you did really good on game with it and it was i was sort of surprised to see that it was that good but yeah, um, I used it a few times. My Carlo's good. Unfortunately, I decimated my auto rifle reserves in my vault, uh, just deleting them uh, a while back because I was sick of having them in there and I didn't have any room. So I'm going to have to work on getting more auto rifles to use and test myself. But I'm pretty happy with the way auto rifles feel right now. You can use the raid one. Oh, I tried that. I don't know why, but after using... So I used Suros and then I used Monte Carlo. And then I use hard light, which speaking of which, I was I was playing against I don't know who it was, just a a, a guy in, in in clash or maybe it was control, and he was using hard light. And you you were mentioning how you were having good luck 
with getting above players, jumping around them and using the auto rifle to spray down on them. Um, this guy was using hard light coming in from above, jumping and would spray me with hard light. And I, I, I didn't know where he was. I would see the radar and then he'd be above me. And then I didn't know exactly which direction he'd end up. I think he was a hunter. So he was like bouncing around me, spraying me down with hard light with those you know the animation of the bullets bouncing around it was like super disorienting i'm like oh my god this is that seemed op if some when you get that sort of skill down and you're using hard light and everything's bouncing around you see the bullets flying everywhere you saw all these blue lines in your screen you're like you're done (laughs) i gotta learn how to do that (laughs) (laughs) i still i i think there's something because i did use hard light to test it out and incidentally it's also the weapon that was Zer was selling, but I actually got it as a drop from, I think, a knife phone. Mm-hmm. So I was using hard light, and the stats kind of lie. Like, e- even at max stability, that thing bounces around a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if they did something to the gun in this patch accidentally, but it bounces a a, a lot. It just, it, it's not stable as it says it is. So that's how that gun has always been. And I think it, it's, I, I use it occasionally, but it's not one that I love. And I think you honestly have to play with it a lot and love it to be great with it. Cause I see people that are diehard, hard light people every so often, but not, not that many people. And I think it's one of those, just like the niche guns that you have to really like to want to use it. So as as they were mentioning, I, I did test out the in-air accuracy for all of them, and all of them were reliably hitting in air. So that was always that that was a very good thing. Um, I'm not going to go through the numbers for scout rifles because they're. I mean, the lowest impact your Suros DIS 47. Um, that was doing 45 to the head. Your Midas were doing 57 to the head. Your mid impact, which is the the cryptic dragon. Um, was doing 61 to the head and the highest impact were doing 75. The problem with with the scout rifles, even though they said that they improved in a- accuracy, both the Lois and the Mida archetype were very inaccurate in error at any rate. Yeah, I'll second no matter that. What. I felt the same. I didn't really feel a difference. I like to I I like to sort of land a couple shots when I'm when I'm jumping and strafing into position and I wasn't necessarily hitting my shots all of a sudden. I was still missing some. It felt exactly the same. It's yeah. really funny um, you guys say that because I've never had a problem hitting in air shots with Mida. Not other scout rifles, but just Mida. Mida for some reason has always kind of felt like it works in air for me. And I don't know what it is or like why. It's just that gun in particular for some reason in air I just feel like hits kind of like a hand cannon does. Mm. Yeah, I, I was doing all these tests against a completely standstill target, and it like I would jump in the air, shoot a couple shots, not a single one of them it would hit. Um, now, when you get to the mid-impact ones, uh, the Cryptic Dragon, it was better in the accuracy, but still a lot of shots miss. Um, the highest impact I found, and this is like your Chaos Dogma, um, the Iron Banner Scout Rifle from last time, those were kind of reliably hitting in air. So it, it seemed like it was more of an impact thing. The higher the impact, the more the the, the, the chances you're going to hit. The lower the impact, the less of a chance. It, it, that's just from what I saw. Um, 
want to go through them real quick. The the pulse rifles. So these are your. There's three different types. The highest impact. You got your blind perdition. I mean, I'm sorry, a Parthian shot. I apologize. And the spare chains point twenty five. Those were reliably killing at two bursts within the thirty to forty meter range. But the problem is like that area you're kind of going in, into a fight against hand cannons S so you kind of want to be back a little bit but then you start losing the amount of damage like, it'll go from if you're less than 30 meters you're going to be doing 30 or 30 meters and below you're doing 34 to the head at 40 meters you're doing 33 to the head, and this is per bullet but the but the real range that you should be at so that you don't run into a situation where you're being gunned down by a hand cannon is the 50 meter range which is kind of scout rifle range Drops it down to 32, so you really want a head seeker perk. But at that range, it also becomes harder to get those critical hits. So I don't know. I, 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 the, the pulse rifles occupy a weird spot. Um, just based on the numbers, going through them real quick. The only uh, pulse rifle that didn't suffer, or the only two types of pulse rifles that it seemed like didn't suffer any damage drop off of any significant value were again the Hawksaw and the Grasp of Malak archetypes. The the lowest impact the load and lowest impact ones. The ones that should suffer damage drop off. Right. So I I I, I don't understand what the thinking is behind that because I I mean right now that one frame is significant to the point where a Hawksaw will outgun a Grasp them a lock if you're getting into headshots and body shot kills. So I I don't know. I, I I don't know with pulse rifles like the real optimal range because it's such a weird gun, and each each archetype should occupy its own little area, and it doesn't. And Pulse rifles will always be weird. It's always hard to balance that that, that archetype. Um, the one thing I did notice is, again, they stated, in-air accuracy increased. I had the weird... So I tested all the guns out, archetypes out, and I still found that... So I would fire up a, a, a burst. One of the bullets would hit. One would go to the left. One would go to the right. Or two would hit, one would go to the left, or one would go to the right. So that inner accuracy, yeah, I'm hitting, but it's not the full burst. It's bullets are going left and right, and it, it seemed weird. It, it it didn't seem like what is supposed to be happening. So pulses are in a weird spot. The Hawksaw archetype, in my opinion, of all the pulses are in are in the best spot. And if you got a Hawksaw with full auto and count or perfect balance, you got yourself a, a, a very solid weapon for this meta. The problem is you're kind of have to play further away from people. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I like where pulse rifles are going to end up at. They're going to be strong, but they're not. I don't feel like they're, 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 they're anywhere near what I what I think is the top of the of the, the class right now, which is that 
Hawkmoon archetype of Hank in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, David, you go. Uh, well, I was just all I was going to say was um, inaccuracy has always confused me a lot with this game because in other games when you're jumping around your bullets still go where you're aiming it was a big thing in halo where where you jump is where your bullets go like when you're aiming and i don't understand why they put this negative stat on guns to make it so your bullets become random when you're in the air it kind of prevents skilled things such as in-air sniper shots and stuff from happening as much which I don't like, and I almost wish that come Destiny 2, they'd get rid of this in-air accuracy thing and just have it where you shoot is where your bullet goes. Um, yeah, that's just my whole thought on it. It's It just doesn't make sense to me, never has. Yeah, in-air accuracy also confuses me, and I've never really even paid attention to it, mostly because I, when I do try to hit shots in air it seems so random too much rng is involved that i i i don't try to hit them as much and i didn't get a lot of practice with it before the patch um just a little bit with my mita i didn't really use hand cannons before the patch was enacted because it was you know i i did just enough to sort of allow me to feel the change and understand uh the experience difference pre and post patch but um yeah, inner accuracy. I, I don't know. It, any changes to that just don't don't, ex, don't affect my experience. So you know they they can almost do what they want with it unless they make it like what David said. Uh, I probably won't even bother to play with that type of style in mind. All right. Uh, do you two mind if I shift this back to some comments you guys made during your original statements? Oh, by all means. Yeah, so at one point, I just wanted to mention, because Jordan, you were talking about shotguns, and you said that there is no change to them. Experience-wise, um, I should say. Yeah. It, my experience was almost unchanged. Yeah, no, I actually agree with you, is what I was going to say, because I don't think they intended to make changes to how they work. I think it was more intended to make changes to how you play with them, and I think they've done that very nicely. I actually like how shotguns feel right now and the place they're in, because they're very much an on-the-ground combat style weapon versus the flying through the air and getting above you and i think that really has kind of balanced them out a bit with other special weapons where they're not this all-powerful fly through the air hit you from above gun there it's very much you must be boot on the ground style when you're playing with them and i think it's great um i don't mind i never really did mind the distances they killed you from um it was just the how fast people could get to you and the play styles. And now people are kind of slowed down with how fast they can get to you because they do kind of have to play on the ground to use the most effective. And I've seen some people, there's one dude who I was playing, I was playing some doubles and this one guy was wrecking with his shotgun because he knew how to play it very effectively. He was playing um, a night stalker and his shade step and sliding was on point. And I really like that. It's become kind of a skilled style with shotguns now where you definitely have to think about how you're playing with them. Um, on that same topic of special weapons in general, uh, Jorge, you were talking about the workarounds for um, sidearms and stuff. And the one thing I've noticed in trials that people are doing, which is kind of weird, is it's essentially what we had last time, but a different version of it. People will start with their sidearms out. And instead of switching to a different weapon because the ammo transfers, what they do is they wait till special is going to spawn. Then they switch to a different weapon, which is still very weird to me. I don't think stuff like that 
should be the way to play, but it is odd that now sidearms are essentially the most powerful special weapon because of that ammo. And I mentioned this in my like three things. Um, I think they need to look at sidearms and give it some sort of a change. Maybe it is less ammo like you were mentioning. Um, maybe it's only the exotic sidearms get you to spawn with special, but uh, it's it's just weird the way they feel because I understand giving up an exotic perk for something like Invective or Icebreaker. You're giving up that exotic slot to get your ammo, but with sidearms, you're not really giving up anything to get ammo and they can be used as effectively as hand cannons at close range, if not more effectively at this point, because you do kind of have to pace your shot with hand cannons. With sidearms, you don't. Bloom oh, you doesn't totally really spam with hand, you totally spam shots with sidearms. Yeah, and it's 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 just weird to me because they, well, I don't think they're overpowered in the current state of the game. They do feel super strong, but also. Um, my experience when I've been playing sixes and threes and doubles and stuff, special ammo does spawn fast enough that if you want to use a shotgun or fusion rifle or sniper, you can and you will still have plenty of ammo. It was essentially um, anytime I would die and spawn, special ammo would either be up for me to get or it'd be coming up in the next 20 seconds. And that type of play style i'm okay with i'm okay with not having it at your disposal immediately it keeps you from instantly switching to your special and running around with it, it makes you have to kind of play the game be smart about getting special and i really like that change that special ammo change in regards to that yeah i'll second that i think the special ammo change in my mind uh and experience and i'm sure people have other experiences that differ from this but i feel that it's affected the shotgun warriors more and for someone like me that likes to play distance, I like to snipe. Uh, it hasn't affected me quite as much because I've primarily used my Mita in gameplay uh, where, I, you know, sticking to my favorites and not doing uh, fun stuff, experimenting with different weapons. Um, you know, I, 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 I found myself now not playing too much different. You know, because I, I like to be methodical and like to plan things out. So, you know, if I die, whatever, you know, I go back, I use my Mita, I get my special and I get in position, find find a couple lanes to snipe with. And then I'm back to my, my Mita primarily most of the time. So I've really liked the changes because it's gotten, it's made the shotgun warriors switch their game more than me. So that's just my personal experience. And uh, the whole thing with sidearms. Yeah, there's the, the the power of a sidearm hasn't changed, which is it's 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 funny that a few people have mentioned that they feel oh, sidearms are so OP now. And it's not really that. It's just the it's just the ammo economy that's really done it. People are using them, uh, which is which is pretty cool. I don't know. I sort of like the whole sidearm thing. It's like cool. Yeah, I mean, for me. So one thing I didn't bring up was how hand cannons feel in um pve and i think this is a pretty important thing so hand cannons pvp feel great they, they're very strong in fact i would venture to say that when the dust settles from this patch just like clever dragon was i think the eos luna archetype is going to be the top um and then followed by the hawksaw archetype and then it feels like everything else um, Mita multi-tool will probably be the top one of the top five weapons just because it virtually is unchanged and it's still tap, 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 you're dead. Tap, 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 you're dead. So I, it, 
from the most part, if the weapon was good, chances are when you use it here, it's still pretty solid. Clever Dragon definitely took a hit. I mean, it's still effective, but with the the nerf that they did to ammo, again, I've always said this, just, it's hard to use that archetype in PvE, but anytime you do any changes, because I see occasionally people using that archetype in PvE. Um, so whenever I saw any, any changes to ammo, it kind of annoyed me. But with regards to this patch, because they did a nerf, it, it originally was 40 meters with regards to the, the optimal range for hand cannons. Then they changed it to 35. So, or yeah, 35. So now, or 30, I'm sorry. So now it does even less damage in PvE. I was having trouble doing a heroic strike where I'm clearly aiming at a goblin's chest, the glowing spot, and getting that one-hit kill like I used to. And it, it, it makes it so that they're less viable in PvE. So, I, I mean, for me, PvE has become... Genesis chain heavy. It's just it, it it removed what I was able to do with hand cannons, and and I've I saw that in Wrath of the Machine, where in order to get that kill that I I would reliably have gotten at a certain range, I have to use a raid hand cannon. I need that additional damage from the uh, the raid hand cannon for fallen to enemies that I didn't need before. So mm. it, it feels like they definitely nerfed hand cannons in PVE to make it to make PVP this uh, much better. And I've n- I've never been in a I've never enjoyed Wait, that. So yeah. an Axis, are you saying you have you feel even at the Axis fight with the Shanks, you still you so, feel like you have to use the raid hand cannon? So I, the way I would approach that fight was I would have been at the top of the stairs. Yeah. Um, in the middle, and I would shoot down at the shanks. And in order to reliably get that one hit kill that I used to get with palindrome or imago loop, I would have had to. I, I had to get a lot closer. Okay. I had that. I used to be able to be at the top of the stairs. Now I have to pull out the raid hand cannon to get that extra hundred points of damage to to finish off the kill. Okay, I'll have to play. Yeah, well. it's it's that damage drop off. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it 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 nerfed the area that it wasn't supposed to nerf. So, Which happens every time, unfortunately. Right. So um mm. we were going to talk about how people le- leaving and cut came back um versus people who stay and their perspective from both sides. However, I think we're going to go ahead and save that for another day. Um do you mind if I make one final like 30 second comment on the balance? Sure. Uh, all I just want to say is when it comes to these balance changes and it's a, it's a big grievance I have with it. Um, Bungie doesn't ever really to me seem to be affecting and going for balance as much as they're affecting relevance, which I really don't like. It just seems like every time they do these, these patches and you can see it, especially with the class changes, they really try and just affect what is the most used and the most relevant versus things that are op um you see it with the changes to blade dancer and um void walker as um 
Jordan was saying, and I, I really just dislike it. Like, that's all I want to say. It was, I, I don't like that they affect relevance instead of balance. Yeah. All right. So with that, let's go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. Well, we want to thank you all for listening to In Orbit, as always. Let you know we are available on a ton of platforms, so please make sure you're spreading the word. The best way to do that is to share In Orbit with others, let you know we are on iTunes, SoundCloud, Overcast for iOS, Google Play Music, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, Pocket Casts, and we also have an RSS feed. The links to each are available right on the Mastro's Buttons website at www.mastrosbuttons.com. And make sure to stay tuned after the show to hear what's coming this week on Mash Those Buttons. Make sure to check out the other shows on the Mash Those Buttons network at mashthosebuttons.com forward slash shows to see all of our podcasts. For any questions regarding scheduling, check mashthosebuttons.com forward slash schedule for scheduling details. And make sure to check us out on twitter.com forward slash MTB site. Uh, don't forget to check out www.twitter.com forward slash inorbit podcast, our new Twitter account, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, youtube.com slash mash those buttons. David, where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at DS underscore bolt or streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash DS bolt, no spaces, no underscores. And Jordan, where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at I am underscore T-Bot and streaming on Twitch Tuesday and Thursday evenings at I am T-Bot. And as always, you can find me on all the different social network sites and gaming platforms via my screen name, go to NRG. And make sure to contact us with any questions to inorbitpodcast at gmail.com or send us a comment on inorbitpodcast at Twitter. My prior events are not a memory. It is momentum. It advances, leads, and controls, points and directs, shapes and forms. I may not enjoy everything that lies in front of me, but as in any story, the past needs resolutions. We are the authors, the finishers of our fate. What is in my past is my prologue, and what is in my future is my destiny. On behalf of the entire In Orbit team, David, Jordan, Jarrett, and myself, we thank you for listening to our show, and as always, we'll see you on the next mission. Your destiny calls. Thank you for choosing a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Here's what's coming up this week on Mash Those Buttons. On Monday, February 20th, Jorge, David, and Jordan transmit in orbit. This week talking about McFarlane toys revealed, how to fix 2.5.0.3, and the effect of current and future hot fixes. On Tuesday, February 21st, Nick, Ray, and Eric bring you the latest in World of Warcraft on WoW Talk. This week talking about the WoW token, artifact power, and raid testing on the PTR. On Wednesday, February 22nd, Jared and Mikey bring you the latest in Overwatch and its community on Watchpoint Radio. This week talking about Overwatch's next hero, if overtime is unfair, 
and hopes for Season 4. On Friday, February 24th, Mike, Rob, and Luke bring you Sit Rep Radio, talking the latest in the division, this week with special guest Weezer. To find more information on all of our shows, go to mashthosebuttons.com slash shows. And to see our full podcast schedule, visit mashthosebuttons.com slash schedule.